Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hi, I'm Kirk Megu, host of New Books in Politics. I also host my own podcast called Independent Thought and Freedom, where I interview some of the most interesting people from around the world who are shaking up politics, economics, society, and ideas. You can find it in the iTunes store or any of your favorite podcast providers. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Are you an academic who wants to get heard nationally? Check out my free training on how to use your intellectual authority to do so at becomeapublicintellectual.com. That's becomeapublicintellectual.com. You'll find the link below. And now, on to this week's episode. My guest today is the philosopher, former professor, and advisor to the Kremlin, Alexander Dugin, one of the best-known writers and political commentators in post-Soviet Russia. He's the author of more than 30 books, among them The Foundations of Geopolitics in 1997 and The Fourth Political Theory, 2009. Today we are discussing his latest published work in English, Political Platonism, The Philosophy of Politics. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for inviting me. Uh, It's it's a real pleasure. I, I think it's so important Uh, to discuss uh, you and your work, especially in this time of extreme Russophobia in the West. It's quite incredible what we're witnessing. Uh, Do you have a comment to make on that? Um, I think that we could uh, explain this phenomenon uh, on the many levels. First of all, there is uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union, of the bipolar system, where all the battle was placed in the ideological level, liberalism against socialism and com- or communism, now, after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, the, 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 the nature of this uh, 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 Russophobia was uh, was changed on one 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 level it uh, acquired pure geopolitical dimension that is why geopolitics is so important and so so actual today because we have no more russia is no more communist russia is formally a liberal democracy as western countries but uh, geopolitical analysis uh, that was uh, um, um, uh, proposed by Anglo-Saxon writer uh, Halford Mackinder, uh, geopolitics explained position of Russia as a representative of land power. That is um, uh, eternal, eternal enemy, geopolitical enemy of sea power. Sea power now is represented by the West, by the globalism by the uh, Western liberal democratic uh, world. And again, that sea power, there is the, the uh, behemoth, uh, the alternative 
a global system that is represented by land power. So uh, that is not anymore ideo- one ideology against the other ideology. There are two geopolitical principles, geopolitical principles fighting against each other, and that is why. Uh, um, I, I think uh, the only explanation, uh, rational explanation of uh, Russia phobia of, of today is precisely the fact that after the moment when the sea power thought land power to be dead uh, irreversibly in the beginning of the 90s of uh, last century, with the Putin, uh, uh, this land power has returned to the world scene and um, uh, one once more represents now a kind of alternative for global system. So that is the fight for Eurasia, and uh, Eurasia was thought to be dead, and it appeared that uh, it was not uh, dead. Uh, and that is, I think, uh, this understanding that with the arrival of Putin has provoked this huge mobilization of the sea power against land power. Sea power thought that uh, it has almost totally won, and Fukuyama has written his famous book on the end of the history. The sea power thought uh, for a moment, for this unipolar moment, that global domination is uh, already uh, happened, uh, has already happened, is acquired fact, uh, something taken for granted, and Russia has avoided from 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 that situation with Putin is his reforms, and that is one of the one reason of uh, this uh, hatred. And the second, I think, I think that uh, on the uh, ideological level, there is a new confrontation between uh, globalism or liberal uh, globalization and alternative. And this alternative is not anymore neither communist nor fascist. It is a kind of some uh, populism or some conservatism that is that has no uh, clear uh, ideological features. And I am trying to give to this alternative to globalism some um, ideological uh, features in the form of fourth political theory. So um, Russia is blamed for being uh, once more obstacle to the new world order based on the globalization and the Western hegemony, liberal democratic hegemony and the glo- on global scale. Putin is, is blamed for being representative and the man who has done that. And I personally, I am blame, blamed. I am under sanctions. I am totally demonized by the Western press and Western media because I'm trying to give some theoretical basis for this situation. I have introduced geopolitics after the fall of the Soviet Union and the military circles in Russia. I have prepared force political theory, and I am one of the most outspoken supporters of Putin's politics in order to restore uh, Russian sovereignty. So I am explaining this Russophobia as not as something casual or something totally uh, um, uh, uh, without any ground. It is normally, that is the fight of the continents and the hatred and emotional aspect of the, of the sea power of the West precisely is, uh, we can explain, but uh, that uh, 
the disappointment uh, after discovering that the global domination is not so close as it seemed uh, uh, 30 years ago. Well, I think that's very, very uh, powerful analysis. And it, it links up very much to my own reading of, of world history, which is a bit uh, unique in, in some ways. And I'd, I'd like to you to comment on it because I, I have seen um, the, the world history. I, I accept Andre Gunder Frank's um, amazing analysis of the global economy as being 5,000 years old. The, it's the same continuous world economy and that the rise of Europe and later America within this economy is a very recent and late phenomenon. And it is part of, uh, it is sea power, as, as you say. It is based on, it's this Atlanticist power, sea power and finance power. And uh, the old way that the, the um world economy was linked up was through a land route, which was the Silk Road. And now that the Silk Road is being revived, it's, it's, uh, and the Atlantic system based on, you know, the financial um, banking system is, you know, collapsing with its huge debt. It's, it's, it sounds to me uh, very, very compatible with what you're saying. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, uh, I, I agree. So um, it, interesting. I think that uh, the uh, Silk Road was the form to, of connection between the East and the West before the Columbian era. That is important because uh, the, the sea power started to be global power after beginning of the colonial time of uh, in Europe. And that was the radical change of the balance of, of in a global economy. Recent and very negative, in my opinion. I think the Columbian era was totally wrong because it has mm -hmm. brought the slavery, the exploitation, and this hegemony of the West that was only part of civilization, humanity, uh, uh, but pretended from this time to be the whole uh, thing. And I think that uh, concerning um, uh, Silk Road, now revival of the Silk Road and the present condition uh, already had two phases. In the first phase, it was a kind of strategy uh, where sea power and the West tried to isolate Russia uh, helping to China to be linked to the Europe, passing by the coastal zone, uh, so-called dreamland of Eurasia. But in the last last uh, three or four years, the meaning of this Silk Road uh, uh, has totally changed uh, because uh, Russia was not uh, an outsider of this project, but Xi, Xi Jinping, the uh, uh, leader of China, Chinese Communist Party and the president of China, has included included Russia inside of that. And that, that was uh, the global, uh, very important geopolitical change of the sense of the silk power. Once more, it uh, was, uh, it is in process of to be transformed into, into the land power strategy. And with Russia inside of this project, uh, and not outside as, as was planned, uh, China and Russia uh, become two poles of new multipolar system where land power structure and values 
uh, are prevailing. That is the mortal blow against uh, this financial financial system uh, based on sea power. So I think that is very interesting and very uh, very dramatic changes that uh, we're living through. And uh, I agree that now the the, the, the global economy. Uh, now is in the process of decline of unipolarity with the uh, uh, evident uh, domination of the Western uh, financial system instead of returning to somehow more balanced, more conservative, more more uh, tellurocratic, as geopolit- uh, geopoliticians say, uh, system of uh, distribution of the main resources and the main centers of decision uh, in, in, in the level of economy. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. And I mean, one of the things about the, the Silk Road, I mean, so you had, you know, essentially 4,500 years of a global economy integrated primarily through the Silk Road, and there was no imperialism. It was one where national cultures were respected and, and there was an exchange of cultures between all the culture spheres, whereas the, you know, the European imperial sea power phase was defined by imperialism. And, and that's, you know, the multipolar world, you know, you write about so much. I, I, you mentioned um, Vladimir Putin and your support for him and the demonization of yourself because of the demonization of Vladimir Putin. He he is seen as, you know, like a modern Hitler. I mean, now but now they say Trump is Hitler too. So um it's hard to say who who they who the sort of liberal establishment hate more, but but certainly um you've been called the you know the brain of Vladimir Putin. How do you respond to that? What what is your relationship? So uh, I have no direct relationship with Putin. Uh, there, there I work closely to some figures uh, on the on the high, height of Russian uh, politics stru- political structure. But uh, what uh, uh, is more, I understand the main logic of Putin, and I have explained. Uh, or the logical development of Russia in the case of coming to the power of patriotic president long before Putin came. So <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> figure. So if you can cons- uh, consult my my writings of 90s, uh, written in the 90s, you could find all the elements, almost all the elements of Putin politics about uh, Ukraine, about Eurasia, about Middle East, about uh, alliance with Iran, about about importance of Turkey, uh, and this multipolarity. That is the main feature of Putin strategy, as well about conservatism and so on. So, I, um, my influence uh, 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 goes not from my special relations with Putin, but uh, by um, the way I'm trying to 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 to, to see the, uh, the Russian future from the uh, land power points of view. I have discovered geopolitics in the late '80s, and I was the first to Im- implement it. In, in Russia, as well, I am partisan of traditionalism, of conservatism, uh, and I was that when Putin was the uh, regular KGB man. I was traditionalist, reading Genon and translating Evola in Russian uh, from the beginning of the 80s. 80s. 
so I was fully prepared for uh, the changes, and I knew uh, what uh, road we shouldn't we shouldn't take and what road we should take. Um, I, 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 that, that was the pity that we have that uh, Russia has made wrong decision and with the perestroika and liberalism with Yeltsin, but that was correction of this course um, with Putin. So the main, uh, I, you, you are right that Putin is uh, hated, but as well, every every figure that try that that dares to challenge the global domination of seal power to speak about tradition, conservative values, or identity is hated as uh, as much. So Trump, as you have uh, rightfully said, uh, is hated as well, not because he is agent of Putin. But, uh, and some some people uh, say that I have influenced Trump. Uh, Campaign as well because the, my books was among uh, 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 among them uh, the political Platonism the last one uh, was published by uh, the group of Trump's supporters but all that is ridiculous but what is serious so the global system a global way of thinking liberal democracy globalization has new enemy, ideological enemy. It is not anymore socialism, communism, uh, uh, or fascism. It is something that has not yet the name. And they, liberals, try to demonize from the beginning, before uh, before it appears on the full scale, to demonize, to reduce, to uh, past uh, the some, something that uh, liberals, uh, liberals can uh, manage to to discredit fascism or national socialism or communism or gulag and Auschwitz concentration camps and so on and, and so on and they blame everybody who is against them with these labels. But the problem and most important things, not the problem maybe, uh, Putin uh, has nothing of fascism, neither of communism, as well as Trump. So they try to explain that present and the future challenge to their global domination by reducing, trying to put us, all of us, uh, political, political figure and intellectuals, in the in the past, blaming us, targeting us as fascists, as communists, Stalinists, and Hitlerists, and so on. But they that, that is their fear. They fear to to uh, accept the challenge to defend their values in front of those who logically, consciously, uh, consequently uh, challenge them. And that is interesting. They they instead of Entering in a normal discussion with uh, those who think differently, they try to destroy, to demonize, to to to, to pervert uh, the, the the words and the phrases, and that is a, 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 pol- a, a policy that reveals uh, the one very important thing: the weakness. Uh, the global uh, global power of liberals is. On decline. In uh, another case, uh, uh, if it would not be so, they would accept uh, our uh, our challenge, and maybe they would start some some uh, correct uh, exchange of ideas on the vision of some some. Uh, they tried once. I was uh, invited to Washington on the high level 
to State Department, to, to speak with Brzezinski, with Fukuyama, to make lecture in the Hopkins University in 2005. Uh, but that was the isolated case. They tried to establish normal, normal uh, polemics, uh, debates with us. And uh, after the first, uh, first efforts, they have, have, by some reason, I don't know why exactly, they have abandoned such strategy, uh, continuing uh, the, the demonization and making it more and more uh, ridiculous, I think. But... Uh, uh, thanks to their own uh, weapon, uh, to internet, to te- high technology, I think uh, ideas uh, of uh, modern Russia, of Eurasianism, of forced political theory, of political Platonism, uh, are, are disseminating uh, through social services uh, in a more or less free way. I'm so- sometimes censored as well uh, on Facebook or uh, in, uh, YouTube, but uh, in spite of all that, with some choice that we uh, still have, I think that uh, this idea, this, this, this call for alternative to global liberalist thinking, uh, trying to overcome uh, a modernist alternative as, uh, like fascism or communism, that uh, is, uh, is spreading, is spreading uh, through the planet. And more and more, and I'm very happy that uh, in Trinidad and, Tab- and Tabaga, there are people, and not only uh, you, but as well, uh, Sheikh Imran Hussein, I think the other. So that is the sign that everywhere in the world, uh, in the present condition, there are certainly uh, liberals and globalists, but there are certainly as well anti-liberals and anti-globalists. They can communicate with themselves, exchange ideas, and continue to create the common front. That is my, my goal. Yes, I mean that's and to to add uh, to to your list of persons, certainly Narendra Modi in India is demonized as a fascist and new Hitler and and so forth as well. But it, it's it's interesting you, you talked about your own demonization and 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 the West not engaging your ideas and and just trying to shun you. But I was I was very pleasantly surprised to see the debate between uh, is it uh, Livy Bernard Henri. Uh, Levy and and yourself in um, in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's right. That was just a few months ago, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was uh, late uh, autumn uh, last year. Right. Yes, but uh, I, th- th- that uh, B- uh, Levy is globalist liberal intellectual. I think that was good that he uh, has proposed such debates, or rather. The organization Nexus, liberal think tank, globalist liberal think tank, has proposed such debates. But I, I, I don't think that there was the real debate because uh, I would, I would like to speak um, with Levy or with whoever uh, about the principles of liberalism, the principles, deep principles, philosophical, metaphysical, dialectical, and he has preferred, he has chosen some. Uh, polemics uh, uh, as in TV show. So not philosophical debate about uh, some, some serious thing, but very superficial, superficial mod to, 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 to speak. So I am disappointed by the content uh, of this discussion because we finally, we didn't 
we didn't touch the main issues. So we have spoken good Putin, wrong Putin, uh, good uh, is democracy <laughs> in the West, uh, why Russia is totalitarian. So all the usual, usual topics that are discussed everywhere with everybody, defending or much more attacking in the West, defending in the, uh, in, in the Russia or elsewhere in China or in Iran or in the Arab world. But we, we have missed uh, with Levy the main, main real points of discussion. So I think that I am glad to, to speak. I think it's better than to, to kill each other. But we belong to the completely opposite parts uh, that confront sometimes with, with the arms, with the weapons as well. For example, in Iraq or in Syria or in Libya or in, the South, uh, or in Ukraine or uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere. So uh, I, I'd prefer as well to have these debates of ideas and words uh, rather than uh, the wars in normal sense, but sometimes both are necessary. But I, I think that uh, I, I think that it could be made better. It could be made better such kind of uh, debates of century, maybe with the same living, may, maybe with the other. But uh, there was a kind of so arrogant uh, attitude of Levy. He was, uh, I am blamed to be nationalist and so on, but he behaved himself in a kind of racist, uh, a racist uh, no, uh, that uh, has, uh, that, that knows uh, the real truths, uh, evident truths, dealing with some subhuman special. And that is very, very colonial uh, attitude. So that is the normal Western attitude. Uh, uh, to in front of all the other, so they could not understand the other as as, as human being. Finally, they they, they claim they are humanists, uh, uh, humanists. They uh, they promote equal rights, human rights, but still they are uh, racist in their core. Because if you are not liberal, you are not you are subhuman. That is new form of racism and fascism. I think in in the case of. Uh, Western liberalism, because if you are not liberal, you immediately will be treated as fascist or communist and subhuman. You will be blamed for corruption, for killing, murderous, anti-Semitism, and so on and so on. So I think that wasn't honest uh, on the part of Libya. Maybe it is impossible to have such debates, but that is very, very great for the Western system if it cannot anymore afford some equal and normal philosophical debate with the people who think differently than themselves. For example, they, they, they invite us, let's think differently. I think different than them. So I immediately crashed, I demonized uh, and mocked and uh, marginalized uh, and uh, Amazon prohibit distribution of my books. So uh, I am very glad that you have, uh, uh, you have received uh, uh, political Platonism or maybe other uh, my books by some some means, but it is the censor- censorship we are living when in the situation when the postal ser- service uh, in the global system uh, is instrument the tool of censorship that is incredible, and I have uh, asked uh, 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 why they don't distribute my my books. Uh, they have answered because they are 
uh, fascists or nationalists. There is nothing about that because I'm against fascism. I am in favor of forced political theory. But by the way, anyway, I have asked one person who is in charge of publishing and distributing real fascist and Nazi literature worldwide in the Italy. Uh, and he has said, uh, I have no problem with Amazon distributing all uh, race, <laughs> uh, fascist and Nazi literature. So that was not the real, uh, real reason. So if uh, you are censored to be Nazi, not being Nazi, and if you let the real Nazi to distribute freely their literature uh, on the Amazon, so the, the reason is uh, quite different. So yes. Well, at least you are available on Barnes and Noble, so so that's um uh, we can put up that link for Barnes and Noble instead of Amazon. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree with you on the debate. Yeah, it was good that the debate happened, but you're right, it was very superficial, um, and the the crowd was loaded against you. Obviously, they they would applaud every little tiny insignificant point, <laughs> trite point you would make, you know, and um, and not take your idea seriously. And so this takes us right to your book here, um, Political Platonism. It's, it's, it's very important, I think, in the way it, um, it I, I, I wouldn't even say it, it's, I wouldn't even say it's new in a lot of ways, because what you're doing is actually um, unearthing the, uh, the ancient roots of Western thought, which mod- modernity has forgotten about Plato in particular. But I, I wanted to ask, you know, you have a large body of work which spans decades. You know, you've spoken about some of it, you know, and even some of your work on geopolitics, it was taken up by uh, the Russian military, uh, the academy, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, and you've had your fourth political theory, which is very foundational. So, you know, you, you've had these very important works and, and, and a whole number of them. Where does this particular work uh, fit in, political Platonism? So uh, that uh, is introductory uh, work uh, assembled by my publishers from different sources, uh, from different lectures and books. And the main idea uh, was to to remind the Western uh, intellectuals the basic truth of their own uh, intellectual tradition in politics, that uh, as previous to the modernity, because before the modernity, there was the, the Western Western world vision in the political uh, field that is totally opposite to the the ideas the modernity has brought to the Western people and the humanity. So that is a kind invitation to revise the foundation of the West. They blame us to be anti-Western. Uh, or, or I'm not anti-Western, and Russians, we are not anti-Western, we are anti-modern. There are difference between uh, liberal modernity and uh, Western modernity and the Western values. So, for example, Plato uh, is the basic thinker for the, all the classical uh, ages of, of the Western history, of the Russian history, of the Christianity. It is the core author that has uh, has given to the Indo-European, more ancient than himself in the European tradition, the best expressions. And that is some, uh, some uh, constant, eternal 
access of, of the thought to be in favor of, 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 of the light, of, of the heaven, uh, to, 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 to try to elevate the human concern from the materialism to, to, to world ideas. And that was the access that served for ethic, for moral, for spirituality, for psychological organization of human being, as well as organization of politics and economy. Everything was vertical. So I, I just tried to rem- remind to the Western, modern Western intellectuals what they, ha- they have lost and what, what belongs by the right to their main heritage. Because all the culture, all the, all the poetry, all the all the uh, classical, political, philosophical, religious texts were created in the West around this vertical axis, this verticality, this veneration of, of the Father, of, of, of the uh, of the heaven, of, of the uh, absolute, was a common feature of the Western and Indian European culture, and many other, not only Western European culture, and that uh, were not considered. Uh, in, in their time to be uh, the, to, to belong to some time special or to some epoch, but that was universal universal foundation of the Western culture. And with the with modernity, they have uprooted that. They have uh, they have tried to destroy this verticality, this pillar. Uh, of the uh, of the organization of society of the of the thought of the culture and now we are living in the nihilism the time of nihilism precisely because we have lost this eter- relations to the eternity it is not invitation to return to the past it is invitation to leap uh, to the eternity, to, to get out from this decline, from this nihilism, progressive nihilism, in return to not to something new or artificially created or Russian, but uh, to, to, that is invitation to return to the eternal ground. So tradition is not, in my opinion, something that belongs to the past. The tradition belongs to the eternity, and eternity is always fresh. So we could appealing to the to this eternity uh bring from it take from uh, from it something new and something creative so we could uh, adapt this inspiration uh, of the heaven this inspiration of, of the father of the heavenly father we could uh, use to create the new conditions so that is not about the passism it is about some kind of uh, eternalistic futurism that we could uh, call so. So uh, political Platonism, it is not about the history. It is about the, f- the present and future. We lack precisely today political Platonism because we have totally destroyed this vertical way of thought and the politics. And now we are in a full nihilism and destruction and confusion and globalization that have destroyed idealistical vertical level of human being and has replaced that but horizontal material uh, and chaotic chaotic form of life and that is the the, the point of no return now that we are approaching to the artificial intelligence to the post-humanism where the last consequences of this political, intellectual nihilism, anti-Platonism are reached. So I think if we 
want alternative. We shouldn't imagine something completely new because it is impossible. Because it is, uh, we need to make a kind of a correct, uh, correct uh, study of where something, when exactly something went wrong. And in my opinion, something went wrong precisely when we have destroyed Plato and as well as Aristotle uh, as the basic uh, foundational stones of the Western culture. Uh, and uh, I think that modernity, modernity when it began, that was precisely the huge revolution against Aristotle dominating in the Western thought, and as well that was kind of a kind of anti-Platonic approach to the thought, to the gnosiology and ontology and politics and society and so on. So we need to, to go back to the, uh, the point when uh, the West has committed this wrong decision to go modern, to be modern. And that was precisely the mistake. Uh, we, uh, uh, we should s- stay classical, not modern, classical. Uh, and classical, uh, uh, let, uh, let's to be classical, let us uh, as well to, to, to uh, create new forms on, or explore new paths, uh, paths uh, in the future. Uh, and that is not something totally against, uh, against creativity and um, uh, new horizons of human thought and human spirit, but always having this access. And, but we have revolted against these uh, Platonist vertical axis. And that was the mistake we have committed. And we could not resolve any modern crisis without uh, revising uh, this uh, point of departure. So when we have cut uh, the, the ties with our traditions, with Platonic tradition, with Christianity in the West, with the Christian uh, global world vision, that is very, very, uh, very compatible with uh, Hellenistic or traditional, uh, the traditional world visions, uh, of other, uh, peoples, uh, with sacred religions. So that was very compatible. And in that moment, when, uh, when we have lost, we have cut this tie, uh, that, uh, the evil began. So in Russian Orthodox, Orthodox, Orthodox tradition, we call that Antichrist. So that was the apostasia, the, ta- the time of uh, betrayal of our, our of our mission, and that was committed by the Western modernity. And now, with postmodernity, we are arriving at a final terminal stage of this disease. We have um, accepted as our uh, mission, as our destiny, in uh, the West European modernity. So now, uh, the only way to 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 save the situation is to make a radical return to the eternity. Yeah, I, I think that it's a profound analysis you make. And, you know, no, it's it's not, I mean, you're coming at it from, obviously, from the Russian tradition and, and slightly outside the West. You, you make very interesting analysis of it. It's not anti-West because it's sort of on the periphery of the of the West. But um, uh, within the Western tradition, uh, Western philosophy, there are people uh, whom I love, like Alistair McIntyre or Alan Bloom, even to some extent, Leo Strauss, who who value the ancient and even medieval world uh, and their systems of thought, um, and and see it as you know superior to to modernity, and you know they've championed a return 
to you know Thomism in the case of Alistair MacIntyre or you know or or even you know Plato or Aristotle and so forth. Um, and so so this is this is something that uh, really connects with the foundations, as you say, of of Western society itself. And you know I have sort of come to my understanding of modernity as really a Western European rebellion against the Catholic Church. It's, it's sort of, really, it is little more than, you know, the emergence of Protestantism and post-Protestantism. And, and it is against that, uh, you know, and it, they vilify the ancients, they vilify the Middle Ages, but, you know, people like Evola, as you mentioned, you know, his revolt against the modern world was, you know, about, uh, you know, valorizing a, a new Middle Ages. Uh, so I, I think you know it, it's it's such fruitful ground. You know, I, I, as you say, for the past two thousand plus years, every genius is always in dialogue with Aristotle. Uh, that that's a that's an excellent way of putting it. Putting it, how, how I mean, sorry, with Plato, uh, because Plato is the foundation of 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 it all. And and from here in your book, you you develop a very very intriguing. Um, Critique of democracy, which sounds scandalous today in the modern world, but for most of Western history, that was normal. Uh, so, can, can you please uh, elaborate on that critique from the Platonic uh, perspective? So, first of all, uh, democracy was considered by Aristotle as the worst form of political government. Uh, totally unjust, and um, uh, that is uh, is followed necessary uh, by the tyranny. So that was the kind of uh, the first phase, first stage of tyranny. Or uh, it is oligarchy uh, veiled, uh, a little bit uh, hidden oligarchy. Uh, for the pre- Plato. That was uh, a kind as well, the, the absolute negative form of, of, of the power when there is the shift from the top to the bottom, from the um, idea and the heaven and the effort uh, of morality and ethic to uh, satisfaction of the lowest need, material need of human being. That he, uh, and, and Republic, Plato, has called the system we have today in, in the West as the, the, the town of, of swines, of the pigs, uh, swinopolis. Um, it is not Plato, Platonopolis, it is swinopolis. The, 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 the polis, the, the, the city, the town, yeah. pigs. Uh, if, 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 if you don't mind me uh, interjecting here, in my view, in, in the Republic, uh, Thrasymachus, that he defines modernity. Um, modernity is the age of Thrasymachus. We in the modern world accept everything Thrasymachus argues against Socrates in in um, in the Republic. Uh, and I mean Plato, as you said, I mean he understood this completely over two thousand years ago. W- would you agree that was that's part of the Swinopolis uh, you're talking about? Yes, exactly, exactly. That was the, the word, uh, correct word, uh, used by Plato himself. So he has, uh, uh, he has called that uh, the, the ethic system uh, that uh, fits to swines, uh, to the society of swines, to the society of pigs better. And uh, according to the uh, Plato, 
the, the, the development of political system is rather in the way uh, of, of the decline. So first, uh, the, the best situation is when the philosophers rule. Uh, after that comes democracy, the power of those who are uh, more proud, more more valiant, more more, more powerful, a kind of uh, warriors. And after that, oligarchies, uh, oligarch, oligarchat, oligarchy. That uh, is the the power of the uh, few. A oh, few more, uh, most uh, the richest people, or, and after that, there are decline uh, because the philosophers, the power of philosophers is better than the power of aristocrats. The aristocrat, the power of aristocrats and warriors is better than power of uh, than uh, oligarchs, and the power of democrats that is the worst. That is the end, and finally comes tyranny. And now we are living uh, according to. Plato a vision, we are living in this phase when liberalism and democracy become more and more, becomes more and more openly totalitarian, more and more authoritarian. It is new kind of political correctness, of tyranny that prohibits everything except prescribed norms of liberalism. So we are following exactly, exactly the line of Plato, how he in a republic considered uh, the logic of the change of political system. According to Aristotle, uh, there was more or less the same. The best for him was the monarchy, uh, next aristocracy, and uh, uh, next democracy. He has, uh, uh, Aristotle has introduced a kind of uh, dialectical element because for him uh, there was the good uh, monarchy and wrong uh, and bad monarchy uh, tyranny uh, the good aristocracy a bad aristocracy oligarchy and that was for him existed as well good form of collective rule that was called polity and this polity polity was uh, applied according to Aristotle only to small community a kind of direct democracy in the villages. And that I, I consider as well a very good form of, of, of uh, political organization for the small communities, small, small, small villages, small, small tribes. Uh, but the worst of, of all of them for Aristotle was as well democracy. So I think in both cases, for Plato and for Aristotle, the democracy was something totally negative because that was destruction of ethical excess of men. That was um, uh, annihilation and destruct, uh, destruction of the most, uh, most uh, of the highest, uh, higher values, uh, this verticality. And precisely in order to, to give totally different opinion on the nature uh, of the politics, uh, the modernity has reversed the logic of time. What was considered by Plato and by Aristotle as decline, they called that progress. And with such a, a change of name and vilifying, as you have correctly said, uh, all the heritage of the an, uh, ancient time, they have managed to describe, to, to, to impose, not only propose, but to impose by uh, different tools, by lies, by uh, uh, total uh, fake news, because I think modernity is based on fake news. 
So Galileo Galilei, Newton, modern physics, modern world vision is based on the fake news. That was the deliberate uh, uh, destruction of the real intellectual heritage of the classical ages without understanding, perverting meaning, demonizing and marginalizing everything that was uh, 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 really correct and eternal in this classical heritage. And with that was the, the kind of change of the uh, imposing the, the reading, new reading of time. Uh, instead, uh, to, uh, to invite the people to stay strong against the kind of entropy, decline, the destiny that tries to attack human vertical position, they have um, made a pact with the time, with the decline, with the corruption, with the materiality. And they have betrayed the human, the, the God, first of all. That is why this uh, cut uh, of the ties with uh, Catholic Church, with Christianity. And they have, modernity has betrayed the man. That is m- important. And we now, now, only now we see in a full scale what was made then by so-called humanism. Humanism was a, a deadly attack against the man, his dignity, his his uh, spiritual spiritual position in, in the center uh, as an axis of creation, as vice regent of God uh, in the world, and this uh, um, this highest aristocratic uh, nature of, of 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 human being was denied, was uh, mocked at and was destroyed by the modernity and they have they have declared the worst the best that but the, 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 they they could not avoid the, the same logic uh, they are already judged uh, the modern moderns are already judged by plato and aristotle they will be found immediately guilty for everything that uh, modern uh, modern modern men um, have done if we return to the right perspective and we put them, we put them in a classical frame. So they boast, they boasting about how good uh, uh, democracy and liberalism and materialism and technical development and progress and modern science are. All that will fall in the context of this Vinopolis. And this Vinopolis is the one word that is the, the, the final judgment for, for the modernity. And I, I think uh, uh, that uh, uh, something like that, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't uh, say something totally unusual. I'm just, try, I just, I'm just trying to follow this classical tradition of conservative on uh, classical thought of, of the West, basing as well on the Western authors uh, as René Guénon or Julius Evola. In that sense, uh, I, uh, in pol- pol- political Platonism, I'm trying to 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 uh, to, to restore and to uh, to attract the attention of, of the Western audience to the thing they normally should know, but they are. Under this influence of these uh, makers of false news during many centuries already, they they consequently are working uh, on perverting the European mind, and by the, and using Europeans as a tool, they try to impose that on the global scale. 
That is the real virus. I think that the real coronavirus is the modernity that kills. Modernity is the plague, and modernity is as well as madness. And uh, it is uh, uh, rationally imposed and promoted madness when you uh, uh, you pervert. The, the 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 nature and that meaning of all the values and all the things De- you you call decline uh, that is uh, uh, prosperity and flourishment you call progress what is in the reality decline and so on and so on that is totally opposed to the Confucius that uh, that proposed to to uh, ameliorate uh, the name of the things to find the the right names, to restore the right names to the things. And modernity has perverted, totally perverted the names and the meanings of, 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 the, of the things. So the, the global, global semantic catastrophe has begun with the modernity, and there is no way to cure that uh, except to return to the roots and to the eternal uh, value. And I think that Plato is the best best um, guiding star for that. Yes, exactly. I mean, you're so right. I mean, what you are doing is reviving the classical culture of the West itself, you know, and, and, you know, and and the way I understand it, because I mean, what you're doing is is you're touching on the the classical tradition of the West. And it's, it's quite amazing that a lot of the conservative thinkers in the West today who, who conceive of themselves as defending the West, they are, they are actually defending the Western Enlightenment, which itself was a rebellion against a classical tradition. And it, it, it's sort of like, I mean, when you speak about a, your excellent, uh, insightful analysis of politia versus democracy and looking at uh, Parmenides and the, the eight theses and so forth, and um, I, I think it's, it's, it's very, very insightful. And to me, the way I understand it, it, it's sort of like the difference between deductive reasoning, like what Plato um, spoke about an inductive reasoning. So it, it's, it's where in the modern world we're looking at the substance and trying to find truth from the substance, which is necessarily degraded on, on, this, plan, on this realm, as opposed to the forms, where the forms is where truth actually resides. And this integration means for us to, to integrate into the metaphysical aspect. And even Aristotle in his uh, physics, which I think is an amazingly overlooked text his critique of materialism there is so important because he looks at how telos is embedded in the material world when you plant a mustard seed it's not going to grow into an avocado tree it is going to grow into a mustard tree um, because there is an embedded potentiality in in all material you know and and what you rightly have spoken about just now is also what Nietzsche talks about in the transvaluation of values how everything positive, in the tradition now has been seen as negative and everything negative seen as positive. You know, that you have this one quote in the book that I'd like you to elaborate on. Um, he said, integrity, which is so important to Aristotle, is on the side of monarchy, aristocracy, and politeia, um, the political system, which is what uh, Bernard Crick talks about in his beautiful book on politics. And, and then division, fragmentation, partition, partition into atoms is on the side of tyranny, oligarchy, and democracy. Could you expand on that, um, that wonderful, pithy idea there? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I agree. What is interesting, so 
uh, I, I, from my part, I don't, uh, I don't like to oppose deductive and, uh, attitude and inductive. But what is, uh, is something wrong uh, with inductive analysis that we are dealing immediately if we don't want to 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 deal as phenomenology Heidegger and Husserl and Nietzsche himself have have shown if we don't need to to deal with one kind of metaphysics with metaphysics of uh, eternal uh, ideas with uh, metaphysical idealism we are fooling uh, in the Opposite, we try to, to deal with the completely um, opposite concept, metaphysical concept of matter. And this matter, the substance, it's something that is, well, totally, totally abstract. So if we uh, are the correct uh, partisans of inductive uh, attitude, and I think uh, precisely Aristotle in his, uh, in his physics, I agree with you, uh, is precisely a kind of ancient representative of phenomenology, of proto-phenomenology. He don't speak so much about matter, but about phenomenon. Phenomenon, that is a um, uh, ph- phenomenon. Uh, and that it doesn't ne- necessarily presupposes uh, the, the matter. So what if we, we could follow inductive method, but not falling in the trap of opposite, uh, reversed, Metaphysical materialism—that is the main, main, main error, uh, error and mistake of modern science and modern thought. That is uh, dogmatic materialism, uh, open or hidden, and phenomenology. And most of all, Heidegger. And Heidegger is extremely important, I think, in order to correct uh, this wrong catastrophe of modern West. Uh, the phenomenology uh, has elaborated. Uh, from uh, Brentano with Gusserl and, and with uh, as culmination uh, with Heidegger has elaborated the method how to analyze correctly uh, phenomena, the world of phenomenon, uh, phenomena without falling, without this concept of the uh, of the of the ma- uh, substance or matter, and that is not against the. Uh, ideas, but that um, is a different approach. I am calling that in my other uh, series, uh, series of book, Noomachi, I'm calling that two logos, the logos, two logoi, the logos of Apollo, that is Platonic, and the logos of Dionysus. That is much more inductive and phenomenological approach. And I see, I, uh, I find this phenomenological approach in the Aristotle. So in my opinion, uh, the opposition or the quarrel or this uh, contradiction between Plato and Aristotle are uh, wrongly uh, super uh, overestimated. So I agree. we need to put them both in the kind of classical vision. In that sense, political uh, Platonism and political Aristotelism will not contradict each other, but we That's will, right. we will describe different side from the same reality. The only thing the concept of self-developing uh, matter that is wrong. It is the third logos. I'm calling that the logos of Cybele, of the great mother. And that is really wrong. And that is uh, materialism. That is substantialism. That is modernity and postmodernity. That is not Plato, neither Plato nor Aristotle. It is Democritus. 
and democracies as democracy are, are both totally wrong. Yes, yes. You know, one of the points you make in in the book, in your opening essay, is um, that politics and philosophy are inseparable. I mean, it's just like in, in Aristotle, um, ethic, politics for Aristotle was the highest form of ethics. I mean, politics was part two of his um, work on ethics. Uh, and, and that, uh, so in terms, given that this podcast is... Uh, Reportedly centered on politics, uh, and we're talking so much about philosophy. I'd like you to to elaborate on that and and how you see this philosophical discussion we're having, this deep philosophical discussion. Um, why it's so important to politics today? So, first of all, uh, the politics could not be considered uh, totally isolated uh, realm or field of studies. The politics is the part of philosophy. So it is uh, uh, applied philosophy, nothing more, because uh, all political step, all political decision, all political structure, all political process is preceded by some philosophical, semantical, conceptual elaboration. There is no politics without philosophy. And there is philosophy without politics. So uh, Heidegger and Black um, Black Notes uh, has said that we don't need special philosophy of politics because philosophy uh, has politic politics inside already, and that is not the, the casual coincidence. Then the main uh, main um, main theory of uh, ideas uh, Plato has uh, uh, developed in his book dedicated to politics, uh, to politics, the Republic. So I think uh, uh, the politics is nothing but uh, philosophy, nothing. So uh, it is applied, philosophy applied to the organization of the common common life, uh, of culture, of uh, power, a relation between uh, the best and the worst, uh, the strongest and, uh, um, and uh, more uh, who are not so who are, uh, weak and weakest. And I uh, think that uh, we could not solve any problem technically uh, with modern politics without uh, revising the paradigm and uh, what is wrong in liberalism and uh, globalization it is not the results of uh, its, its application to the reality but the ideas are wrong so the modern liberal democracy uh, dem- liberal democracy as political theory and as global practice embedded in our uh, everyday life uh, with market with parliament the parliamentary democracy and so on is nothing but uh, application of atomistic uh, materialistic world vision it is continuation of the nominalism philosophical nominalism applied as well uh, and, uh, to to all the all the uh, uh, elements of social life so f- we could not uh, adjust that so uh, we need to res- uh, return to the principles and we need to to, to reanalyze, revise the metaphysical basis of modern politics. So uh, democracy, liberalism are wrong not because uh, they 
uh, are felt like that in present condition. They were and they are and they will be wrong in the essence. So we need, I think, to 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 to, to make shift from the criticism of, of how of how bad and devastating are results of application of liberal agenda to the society. But we need to shift from that constatations and lamentations and these uh, um, um, pleads. We need to, to, to shift from reanalyzing and revising the uh, philosophical principles of modern politics because the, the problem is not uh, in the uh, form of application. The, uh, there is... Uh, uh, we have no. The problem is not the bad liberalism. Uh, the problem is all liberalism is bad. The problem is not bad democracy. The problem is all democracy as imposed in a liberal way, or instead of all other form of political government, is bad, is evil. So that is the problem, and that is why we need uh, to, in order to solve some. Any any smallest political decision, we we should come to the to the to the root of, of the situation. We could not pretend or, or expect to uh, to adjust something to make things better without the profound analysis of metaphysical and philosophical um, foundations of modern politics. So uh, that uh, concerns geopolitics. That concerns economy. That concerns um, capitalist uh, uh, system, uh, or, or or liberal, or law, or understanding of what is human human rights. Everything should be put under revision. So we should be strong enough to 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 to, to take to uproot these self uh, so called evidence uh, uh, of the uh, eff- efficacy, effectivity of the. Um, uh, Western liberalism, because it is not only uh, a kind of a reality check, but uh, this reality check. So we, you are received more than others uh, in other political or economical system, pretend the defenders of this political modernity. But we need to not to make the, uh, the comparison between what uh, they say and what they give. But in that sense as well, they don't, they don't, they don't keep their promises as well. But that is secondary. We need to make comparison what they say with what the others say, say. That is important. So we need to, 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 to fight against liberals not, uh, attacking results and consequences, but the, uh, the sources. That is why political Platonism and the critic, critics of, of political modernity is so important. And I think that is the real challenge for uh, everybody in the world who try to, to make the world, uh, the, the world uh, really better. Yes, I think, you know, if, if I were to try to summarize the importance of your book for politics, I, I, for the con- just even contemporary politics, that was op- when we open the newspapers and watch TV, I mean, I would say that, you know, to understand, you know, what's going on in Syria, to understand Assad or to understand Xi Jinping and China or Russia and Putin or, or the Islamic world or India and Modi, um, you know, you have to get rid of the arrogance of the West that, you know, if, if it's not modern liberal democracy, it's some sort of evil. You know, this is what Bernard-Henri uh, Levy was doing to you all the time. He just had this simplistic Cold War 
analysis of individualism versus totalitarianism and in, interpreted the whole, you know, thousand millennia years of history in this uh, Cold War paradigm, which is ridiculous. Um, and I think what you are showing definitely in this book is how, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you know, become an expert on Confucius or the Vedas or Orthodox Christianity or, or, or what have you. But you, if you just understand your own Western tradition in Plato, Plato is going to help you understand that because Plato uh, himself um, embodies uh, this critique and, and shows the error of uh, the modern West, uh, which these other societies uh, also have coming out of their traditions. And so for a real mutual understanding, we have to go back to the root. Is that a correct understanding of, of your work? Absolutely. I agree fully with that. Yes, exactly. And uh, you are right, absolutely. We, 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 uh, in order to understand that normal news, we need to, to read Plato to, and to understand, at least to understand how wrong, how perverted, how corrupted, and how nihilist liberal ideology and liberal West and all who defend this, this side of the world, uh, uh, world power is. So that is very important. So we need a kind of, uh, we, we need to, uh, to, 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 to read or, uh, to make, to make completely different reading. What is said by liberals is totally wrong. We need to understand it wise words, uh, so totally, totally, uh, in opposite way, because they lie about everything. For example, I was asked by CNN many times by BBC uh, whether Russia uh, intervened in the American elections. I always said yes. Uh, Russia intervened. Uh, oh, they were very, very excited. Oh, please, Mr. Dugan, say say it more and more. I have, yes, we have intervened. We have supported Hillary Clinton. After that. Uh, all the journalists, all the camera were shut down, nothing at all, no interview. So they would publish only if I would say we have intervened in the election, we have supported Trump. That's enough. No, no, no proofs needed. No, nothing needed. You just say what we want. You will be shown. If you say something that da- doesn't fit to our prejudices, uh, you you have no chance, no chances. I have said the truth. Putin has confirmed that that some Russian oligarchs have financed uh, the campaign campaign of Hillary Clinton, and that was the unique intervention, the unique uh, meddling uh, um, in the American uh, um, president campaign uh, and elections. But they never recognize that, so they lie. Every word they say is the lie because the liberalism is lie, the modernity is lie, and they could not. Uh, they, they repeat the same thing. It is a kind of ma- mantra. It is incantation. It's hypnosis. It's suggestion. Yes. So that is imposing the unique truth. Be liberal, and uh, you are free to be liberal. If you are not liberal, you are not free to be not liberal. You are. You be. You will pay for that. So that is new way of totalitarianism. And I think in order to understand that, we should not only blame some dark forces, uh, uh, hidden um, uh, 
behind the curtains uh, some uh, global government. There is global government. There is the, the evil. It is open. That, that is liberal modernity. So it is explained. It, it, it is taught, it learned in any, any school. When you enter in the modern world, you are inside of this, of this uh, government. So the, uh, we need to, to, the, to, to reveal the, tr- the, true, uh, the true nature of these false, um, false political and uh, economical and social system we live in. And we uh, should avoid the wrong alternative. And that is most important. We should avoid simplistic nationalist or socialist or communist uh, solutions or alternatives that belong to the same family of, of, of thought, that belongs to the same, they belong to the same modernity, they belong to the same same uh, materialistic, uh, anti-Platonic and, and uh, substantial um, metaphysic of the modernity. So uh, to, to, in order to overcome modernity, we should stop to be modern. That is important. We should be returned to the eternal roots of, of, of our identity uh, and we, we should accept not only our identity, but as well the identity of the other. That is why nationalism nationalism is wrong as well. That is wrong recipe against the global global evil and the global um, challenge and global virus. Uh, that is liberalism and liberal modernity. Okay. Um, well, can you just elaborate? That's that's an intriguing um, idea you have there. Why? So tell me from your point of view. What is your cr- critique of nationalism? Because we, we know the liberal critique of nationalism, but from the Platonic view um, and, and from your view, what, what is your critique? First of all, nationalism was created in the modern Europe. That was created uh, by Protestant uh, thinkers and was uh, oriented against the traditional estate of the European society and against the uh, uh, idea of empire. The idea of empire, an idea of hierarchical society based on estates, something like castes in India, mm-hmm. that was the part of uh, uh, age-long tradition, classical tradition of the West. We see that in Plato, because in the Republic of Plato, there are philosophers, there are uh, uh, they, they helpers, uh, and there are the peasants. So there are three, three estates. The same was the, uh, pre-Christian and Christian organization of traditional society. That is in the, in the European heritage. That is a kind of mark of political Platonism. That nationalism was against such a state. The nationalism was bourgeois creation. Nationalism has created the nations against empire and the citizens against a state. So in order to restore the tradition, we need to go beyond the nationalism. Nationalism is artificial bourgeois creation that is part of modern uh, materialism that try uh, uh, to describe the state as something totally profane, so it's totally technical, totally material, egoistic, uh, competing with the other. So I think that is totally uh, wrong understanding of the nature of the state. The state is the spiritual organization of society. The state and the politics is ethical things. It's not a practical. It is not about trade. It's not about self-interest. That is not about 
just uh, um, community of the merchants, uh, as it was uh, yeah. bourgeois national states. It is something sacred and higher. And I think that we need to restore return to the society based on the qualitative qualitative differences and and some vacations of the people uh, the, with the philosopher king philosopher on, on the hate the, um, the uh, brave warriors in the middle and uh, uh, honest uh, workers and um, uh, peasants um, uh, not so much workers proletarians but much, much more peasants uh, in, uh, as the basis of this society all three estate should be uh, should be venerated should be respected should have their own own rights uh, and they should uh, have their own codex of, of moral or morality that is precisely that was the case before the national state and bourgeois capitalism came to Europe and that uh, we need to restore in one way or another and I think uh, when we will experience the last uh, consequences of this fall and decline that represent political modernity, we will be obliged to return to this eternal system. It is not only the system of the past. It existed in the West, it existed and exists still somehow in the East. That is normality. Uh, and we, we need to, to make it milder and more human and more uh, uh, more uh, understanding uh, uh, and more uh, and more just, uh, but uh, we should return to this vision. And nationalism is equalitarian, uh, merchants, artificial creations. So national state is anti-empire, and that is nihilistic body with artificial identity, totally, totally, uh, totally. Uh, um, Imagined, imagined community. I think that that uh, your country, India, has experienced that after uh, partition between Pakistan and India after the end of uh, colony uh, time. So that was the nationalism, Indian uh, or Pakistani of uh, Pakistanis. It, it, it is as well as German or French or Russian nationalism. All that uh, are colonial Western. Creations, artificial creation. We need to restore, uh, then return to the uh, spiritual principles of our societies, of our traditions. That is my critics of uh, nationalism. It's too modern. It was. It is too liberal. It, it is too uh, materialist, uh, individualist, and it plays on uh, the side of our enemy. I I totally understand what you're saying, and in fact. You know, I've I've made a similar uh, observation for third world nationalism, um, not just European nationalism, because in the decolonization struggles of let's say the 1960s or, or even before the the when the ideology when the ideology was being developed in the 20s and 30s, let's say Indian nationalism, they did not want to go back to an ancient Hindu Rashtra like maybe the BJP might be. In some sense, harking back to, but people debate that. But um, uh, in fact, they wanted to create a modern state. So they were against, you know, imperial British imperialism, for example, or French imperialism. But they, you know, but in South Africa, they did not want to, you know, recreate the old um, Zosa chieftainships or, or the Zulu 
um, political uh, orders. Uh, they wanted to create a wholly new order that, as you say, is materialist, status, sec- secular, uh, uh, yeah, economic. Yes, yeah, and and in a sense, artificial, modernist. Um, whereas uh, you, uh, you, I don't think at all are opposed to the idea of ethnos. I think it's central, um, perhaps, to your philosophy. Um, but there's, but one that is grounded spiritually, metaphysically, and and traditionally. Uh, am I correct? Yes, yes. And I think, for example, in the uh, Indian case, Savarkar was modernist, for example. He yes. pretended to destroy the castes. And uh, I think uh, there were different uh, uh, forms of nationalism. I prefer myself, Balgan and Hartilak, and this, uh, those fighters for independence of India who uh, uh, proclaim the necessity to return to the eternal eternal principles of Veda. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. in Southern Africa as well, I, I support rather Zulus, uh, rather right. a, a traditional organization by tribes or, or what they think they is traditional and what they want and not because now after the, uh, the, the end of this domination of the whites that was based on racism and apartheid there is new new form of colonization black uh, black colonialism the, the black, yeah. they just imitate the same the same system they were victim of so mm, I, I think it's profoundly profoundly wrong that is the, the other form to to to, to continue the rule of the, of the white, uh, so-called white, it is not so much white, it's modern, modern liberal, more mo- modernist uh, European uh, type of, of the political and social organization. I need, uh, I think that uh, Africa needs new, new phase of liberation. I have many supporters in Africa, for example, Kimi Siba, uh, the, the chief of the movement uh, Urgence Africaine. African emergencies, mm. who is in favor of forced political theory, and he uh, as well he 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 uh, invites African to transcend all the uh, all the results of uh, colonization and restore their uh, uh, eternal identity, restore to their natural tradition, to destroy all these artificial borders, uh, form of organization, democratic principles, liberal economy, and restore to eternal, eternal um, African way of life. That uh, is, I think, very, very perspective, very important. So we need everywhere in the, in the world, uh, we need to rediscover something that we have forgotten with this modernity, with this colonialism, with this uh, hegemony of the West. We need to uh, liberate ourselves from this Western modernity and we need to liberate the West from the modernity as well, because the West, yes. Western, uh, uh, humanity, the Western part of humanity, they as well are our uh, brothers, and we should not That's leave right. them alone. We need to save them from themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, that I was going to ask you to summarize, you know, the message in a sentence or two, but I, I think you just did so. Would, would you agree? <laughs> Yes, I, I, I summarized. <laughs> that's right. I, I think that's a, a very uh, strong and powerful message there. So, uh, you know, as we close off, let me ask you, are you working on any new books or any new projects? Do you have any forthcoming events or videos or appearances that we should be looking out for? Uh, so I'm, uh, I, uh, recently I have found that 24 volumes of Noamahia 
project. It is very, very, very huge project. Now uh, I'm uh, I'm working actively in the main uh, Moscow theater. I'm interested in the theory, uh, the philosophy of theater, uh, theater, and I'm making many lectures on that, uh, and uh, as well some uh, spectacles, some. Some oh, wow. theater, philosophical theater, uh, all that uh, you can find in Russian. Uh, I'm sorry for that. Uh, in internet, so almost yeah. every day I'm publishing something uh, in uh, in um, in video, in audio, in texts. Uh, I have uh, m- many texts. Uh, uh, I, I have uh, actually I have written more than sixty books. <laughs> so forty. Oh wow! I, I I cut it in half. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and uh, only only a small part of, of of them are translated in the foreign languages. But uh, nevertheless, I think that in many in many countries uh, the enthusiasts uh, are working on translating them, and I am inviting uh, everybody who is interested. To, to join to join in because it is not one uh, some more individualistic uh, individualistic uh, uh, job that I'm try I, I'm try uh, I try to make it is a kind of anti encyclopedia that I I want to promote <laughs> and everybody could find uh, his or her place in that project it's open project it's open source project so I'm always I'm always explaining what I'm doing what uh, I'm aiming at and what uh, means I, I use. So it is totally transparent. Uh, so if you, uh, if you share this attitude, please join. It is universal. You, you, uh, and I have many supporters in all, almost all parts of the world, in Africa, in Latin America, in India, in China, in Japan. Is it something like a Wikipedia type thing? Uh, no, it is just the first approach. Maybe we will elaborate okay. the platform, but it is just uh, just main orientation. If you fight for your own dignity, freedom uh, against uh, this colonial way, way of thought, if you are on the road of the deep decolonization, you are one of us. You are you belong to our our uh, network. Right. How, how do people get in touch with that? How can I get in touch with that? <laughs> by, by Facebook, by uh, uh, social services, I have page, uh, and by many other uh, uh, means. So if you are interested, so stay in touch, stay tuned, and do what you think it would be better for your, for your country, for your tradition, for yourself, for your soul. Real Excellent. Experience. Excellent. And... Um, well, you know, you mentioned the theater. I, I just want to ask: Are you in touch with Valery Gergiev at all? I know him, but the, uh, it is uh, musical, and I, uh, I am yes. working more with dramatic theater. That okay, Omhat, and the chief of this theater is Eduard Boyakov. He is mm-hmm. very known. That is main theater of Moscow, main main dramatic theater of Russia. MHAT, Moscow Academic Theater, and I, uh, I'm starting the school there, preparing uh, the people in a philosophical and cultural way to be Excellent. the directors, to be the actors, and so on. And maybe I, I'm going to work on some special uh, dramatic, uh, dramatic uh, artwork in this. Oh, wow. Well, I, I very much look forward to that. It, it, it's, it's another field. Uh, I have where- to, to, to create um, 
was also a bluebird of Metterling. So okay. I'm just thinking Metterling. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for this fascinating interview. And I do hope I get to speak to you again soon. With great pleasure. That's all for New Books in Politics this week. If you like this, remember to check out my other podcast, Independent Thought and Freedom, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also, if you are an academic that wants to get heard nationally, check out my free training at becomeapublicintellectual.com. Thanks, and see you next week.